You say teenager, I say toddler. Two longtime friends in different seasons of parenting process the past while dealing with the craziness of today. Enjoy! Welcome back, everybody, to You Say Teenager, I Say Toddler. Teenager, toddler, teenager, toddler. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to do a check-in with each other. We haven't gotten to talk in a while because yeah. somebody went out of town for... On vacation, Yash. <laughs> Probably who? <laughs> vacation. Oh, vacation. I'm on vacation. I'm going to do what I want. Have you ever heard me say that? Did I? No, you don't understand. I forgot that I stole that from you. You just hit me. I've been, I ripped you off. Like when we were on, every time I go on a vacation with friends, I'm like, or just you know, a little mini, whatever, even if it's a day, it's like, I'm on vacation. I'll do what I want. <laughs> and like, I'm teaching my friends that. It used to annoy the hell out of my mother. I'm glad I know that I'm ripping you off. That's where I heard it. Well, okay. So this is when I first started saying it. I was newly out of a relationship. I was mm-hmm. all over the damn place like you are. And I was like trying to live it up and party it up and, and be happy again. And I met this guy that just like rocked my world. And he did. totally ghosted me. Like it was a very, very short-lived relationship. He totally ghosted me. And it was so that frustrating. That hot blonde guy? No, that's a different story altogether. But oh. um, I, I'll tell this story in more detail at a later date down the road. But I was so devastated and July 4th was coming up and it was when I was working for IBM. So they gave us like a good portion of the week off and I, I ended up having more time off that week than I realized I was going to have. So I just got online and I called my friend and was like, would you care if I came to LA and visited you? And she was like, come on. She was really excited. And I was like, fuck this. And I bought a ticket like for the next morning, hopped on a plane and went out to LA and just like lived in in a total state of drunkenness and debauchery for the next like five days wait can i see you when you were here probably yeah wait i can't remember if that was the time that we went to that club in weho and i was wearing that green dress it was so much fun and i just remember the entire time i just kept saying i'm on vacation i'm gonna do what i want that's whenever it really started for me because I was just like, fuck this guy. I was so upset. I was just so upset because I was already in a place of, you know, brokenheartedness. And then this jackass did this, somebody I was really, really excited about. Fuck him. I actually, actually stalked him online like Ooh. just a few weeks ago and found a couple of videos of him. I need to go back and, and watch them and remind myself why I need to get down on my knees and thank God that I didn't end up with him. Okay. okay. That's always great to see Exactly. It's good to to remember that, you know, rejection is God's protection. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, but we're moving. <laughs> okay. So this has been a fucking weird ass week for me. Has it been a weird week for you? Girl, bring it on. Okay. So hubby and I subscribe to like a food delivery box. This one in particular is for meat and it's supposed to come to you frozen, frozen meats, right? And it's all sustainable, responsible, responsibly sourced, all that other bloobity blabity blibity blab crap, which is important to us, right? I feel guilty for eating meat. I do. So this is one of the ways I make myself feel less guilty. Well, my husband has never liked this subscription, ever. He's never <laughs> wanted me to have it. And I'm like, fuck you, I'm going to have this. You spend so much money on your stupid ass protein, pre-digested, whatever the fuck kind of protein shakes that you get every month. I'm going to get my fucking meat. Okay. 
Well, it was time for the next box to come. I carefully chose everything that was going to be in the box. And then they send us the, you know, the email on Friday. Hey, your box is on its way. Well, usually I get it the next day, right? Because it's frozen meat. Well, then the next day I get an email, your box is delayed. Uh Please let us know if there's a problem with your box. And I'm like, oh shit, that's not good. So on Saturday, box is delayed. So Sunday morning I get up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, it was delivered in Austin. Well, actually in Pflugerville down the street early this morning at like 3 a.m. And I'm thinking to myself, I can literally get in the fucking car and drive over to the FedEx station and get the fucking box before it all melts. Yeah, the box of meat. (laughs) So I call them up, the customer service people, and I'm like, listen, it's, you know, I'm really nervous about this delay. I don't want this meat to go to waste. (laughs) And I can get in my car and go pick up the fucking meat if you want to. And the girl, the woman... Could not have cared less about my <laughs> angst over the fact that I didn't want this meat to go to waste. And it's not just about like, hey, I paid for this, get it to me. I was genuinely like, we're not actually going to let these animals die in vain, are we? But at the time, I didn't know how to verbalize that, right? I didn't, oh, I didn't know how I, to say that to her. Yeah. So um, she's just like, no, just wait for the box. And whenever it gets there, just let us know if everything's okay. <laughs> You know, and she tells me, like, you know, it's supposed to be 40 degrees or lower or something like that. I'm like, how am I supposed to tell that? If I stick a meat thermometer in it, it's going to, like, poke a hole in the package. And, you know, and I can't refreeze it. I can't, I cannot cook $150 worth of meat in the next three days. I just can't. Okay. This is, this is a box like once every three months or something. Like I can't, I I can't make that happen. So I don't, I don't want it if it's not frozen, even if whatever. Okay. So enough about that. So then all fucking day, I'm looking on my porch. I'm looking at my email, looking for the confirmation that it's been delivered. Nothing. I even asked the woman, what's, she said, it's supposed to be there by end of day. I'm like, what's the end of day? What is that? And she's like, I don't know. I think they go to like seven or eight. (laughs) Okay. So eight o'clock rolls around. I've probably refreshed my email and looked on the porch like 17,000 times at that point. Nothing there. So finally, probably around nine o'clock, I stopped bothering. I'm like, it's not going to get here. It's going to be here in the morning. I sure hope they have refrigerated trucks, you know? And I go to bed. I don't know, probably around 9.30. Somewhere between 9.30 and 10. You go to bed between 9.30 and 10? I don't want to talk about it, Kurt. I have a two and a half year old. Don't fucking judge me. I see your judgment. Oh, fuck. I wish people on the the audience could see the judgment. Yeah, I am. (laughs) You've always been an early bed goer. Yeah, for the most part, right? But even more so now that I have a kid. Mm-hmm. Plus, I have a I have a really tough time sleeping in general. So I try to get to bed early because I know I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and probably not be able to go back to sleep. Ooh, yeah. So my my I have very disjointed sleep. It's been a problem. It's been a huge problem, which you know actually probably played into how this whole meat box unfolded. <laughs> Well, so, I love this. You're like looking for meat. You're on a meat <laughs> mission. A mission of meat all day long. Leanne, oh honey, I'm sorry. You were looking for your meat. Okay. Are you done making fun of me? Because I would like to finish my story. <laughs> yes, please. No, no, okay. no. I'd like to hear the ending. Okay. So I give up and I go to bed. The next morning, I open up the door to go for my run. And what the fuck did I find on my porch? Raw man meat. I mean raw meat. Raw fucking animal carcasses that had been sitting on our porch 
since 9.55 the night before. Oh, screw that. In the Texas heat in the middle of July, which means it was probably about 90 to 95 degrees. It was already cooked for you. It was, ugh, whatever. So I brought it in. I filmed myself or like I turned the camera on to like go through the box in case they wanted proof. Uh-huh. It was still cold and one or two of the pieces, like the very middle of it was still frozen. So I went and like shoved everything in the refrigerator. I did have hubby. I was like, feel this and see if it feels okay to you. And he was like, yeah, it feels like it would like as if I just bought it from the grocery store. And I was like, okay, well, so I did check the temperature. Like I shoved a a thermometer in the middle of two things like through the package and then I did like a little. Uh, How was the camp? Was it not? Was it okay? I don't know. So it seemed a few. De- it was a few degrees higher than what she said it was supposed to be. So I'm like, I don't know. It's it's just this really like icky. I don't know. Like I don't want to get sick. I don't want to make my kids sick. You eating this stuff. Animal. I didn't get it until like you were describing. But yeah, like you don't want that that calf that was killed just to be in vain. Well, it I wasn't think. veal, but yes, I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> You, girl, are you sure you didn't have veal in that box? <laughs> I absolutely did not have veal in the box. Sorry, that heifer. You don't want that heifer. <laughs> and I grew up on farms doing this. What's wrong with me? I'm so rusty. It's been I like don't this. know. I don't know what's wrong with you. But anyhow, so I'm getting ahead of myself to say this, but I did like leave it in the fridge for like eight hours and then checked that meat again with the thermometer. And the temperature on one of them hadn't changed. Like it hadn't gone down from being in the fridge and the other one had actually gone up a little bit. Like it had defrosted more. So I was like, okay, I think it's okay to try and and cook this. Well, in the meantime, after I got the box that morning, I called and had a long conversation with another one of their customer service reps who did not give a flying shit about the dying animals. I tried to, I was like, by that point I had thought through it and I was like, I don't think they understand why I was as upset as I was because I, and I finally was able to verbalize, look, I buy from you because I already feel guilty eating meat. And then you get this package to me and I don't know how much of this is going to have to be thrown out, blah, blah, blah. I mean, besides the inconvenience of all of this, of all the phone calls being made and et cetera, et cetera, I was like, I'm heart sick. I wanted to cry. And while we were on the phone, I kind of started choking up a little bit. I was like, I'm heart sick. I do not want the animals to die in vain. I know that makes me a snowflake. No, it doesn't. Or whatever they're calling the liberals. So I offered up two pieces of feedback for them to improve (laughs) their company. And then she was like, well, we're going to send you another box. And I'm like, well, when are you going to send that out? Is that going to be late too? And then I'm going to be, you know, she was like, well, of course, this rarely happens, et cetera, et cetera. She was nice. She was a lot better than the woman before. She did her best. And she listened and apologized. So I was like, okay, we're going to give them one more chance. Because believe me, hubby was like, I don't. I, you know, this is cancel. And I'm like, we have to at least give them an opportunity to make it right. Any excuse. He does not like this subscription at all. Uh, And again, he can go fuck himself. Hubby doesn't like about this subscription. I don't think he thinks it's like any less than buying from Whole Foods or somewhere else that sells organic meat. That's good. Mm-hmm. At any rate, I, I mean, and we've en- I've enjoyed them so far. I don't really care what he says. I I like the subscription, and I wanna I want to get back to this company. I mean, Whole Foods doesn't need our money. <laughs> they get they get plenty of our money. Don't you worry. And so does H E B and and Sprouts and Trader Joe's. God, it's ridiculous how many stores I shop at. It's like an old lady. 
it's crazy how much groceries are these days. At any rate, so I took care of that, but it threw off. It literally has thrown off my whole fucking week because I've spent the week trying to cook all this fucking meat. And at this point, I mean, it's been five days. So whatever isn't cooked is just going to, I guess, going to have to go in the compost bin or something. And uh, yeah. And fruit and stuff. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Which is what I do anyways, because I'll make a big batch of something like when I meal prep. And then what I do is use jars, mason jars, and I freeze them. Oh, you freeze Mm -hmm. the mason jars? Yes. And then I'll just take it out like one jar at a time. So at the beginning of the week, I can take out like three jars of completely different items and have those for lunch for the next three days or something. I love it like that. I used to put stuff in Ziploc bags and I don't like that because they kind of, you know how they kind of rip sometimes. And it also just doesn't look very appetizing in the bag. Whereas in a Mason jar, it looks way more appetizing and I'm a lot more likely to be like, Oh, I want some of that this week and take out one of those. I didn't realize, I mean, I'm new, you know, I'm obviously I'm, I'm learning to cook more and everything, but, um, or I don't like cook so much to where I need to freeze it. Cause there's just, there's just babs and I, I didn't realize you could freeze in mason jars. That's awesome. Because I was worried about freezing in plastic. I don't want to give babs breast cancer, you know? Interesting. I didn't realize that Ziploc bags gave us breast cancer. So I've always read that when plastic is heated or frozen, it releases toxins, chemicals, Ah. particularly that affect females and breast cancer. Um, that's why in the microwave, like, okay, even in Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, you see bags like, oh, microwavable organic green beans. Never, ever, ever, ever microwave your food in plastic. Take mm-hmm. it out of the plastic. You're, oh, you didn't, yeah. It's okay. When we know better, we do better. Yeah, for years. <laughs> that sound judgy. I didn't mean to hurt this You are totally judging me right now, but that's okay. I don't make a lot of vegetables in the microwave, so it's okay. Well, I just mean food in general. Like if you have leftovers, like you have it in a plastic container, which it sounds like you don't. Like don't heat it in the microwave. So our audience, don't heat plastic. Try not to freeze plastic. Do what Leanne does and use mason jars. Leanne, where should I go get my mason jars? I get mine at HEB. I bought more today because I had so much shit to freeze from the, you know, marathon of cooking that I have been doing over the last five days. What? Fucking I want to come to the house. It's worth a trip to Austin because there's some good meals. You know, what's really exciting Wait, is that my husband is finally eating my meat. Uh, <laughs> that sounded way worse than it was. Oh. I didn't even say that right. My hey. husband is finally eating oh. food I cook. No, stop Bye. it. Okay. So he hasn't been eating anything I cook for a long time where he hadn't been because of all his weird dietary restrictions after he got sick. Again, another topic for later. But lately he has started eating the food that I cook more often. And I am trying to like make sure it's like gluten-free and dairy-free and blah, 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 all that crap um, for the, the prissy boy in our house. But it's exciting. He's like actually eating the stuff that I make. So that's helping too, to not waste food. You know what else is making my weird week? <laughs> you know what else is making my week fucking weird is this potty training crap continues. The next phases have continued. I trained him to go without a diaper at nap time. Now that went off without a hitch. No accidents whatsoever from the beginning, knock on wood, at home or at daycare. But now we're doing nighttime training And he sleeps for 10 to 11 hours at night. And I have been uh, washing piss-covered sheets 
on the regular now and I'm starting to lose my mind. It's making me lose a lot of sleep. What, what do you remember about potty training? Why does it, my, why does it bring you to your knees and make you want to die potty training your child? You know, it's funny. I don't remember a lot of drama. Do you probably remember this? Babs had a very unique potty training experience. I feel like it was in the middle of the whole separation, uh, her mother and I, and all the drama and just the crazy times. So that probably had a lot to do with it. I remember um, peeing, she had that down, but pooping, she would not poop in a toilet. I feel like for years, she would go grab a pull-up. She would go behind the couch, put it on her, go behind the couch and poop in a pull-up. She's going to love this. For this. years? Wait, she did not this for years. years? No, no, no. Probably till she was like three. I would say. Well, but how, how long had you been training her to try and go in the toilet before she finally went? quite a while. I mean, she would go pee in the toilet, but then it's like, I would buy pull-ups and I was so sick of buying pull-ups still. I was like, ugh. every time I threw them in the cart, I was just like, ugh. (laughs) and then like, nope, she'd go, it was really cute. Look in hindsight, she would go get one out of the, out of the cabinet where she could reach it. And she would go behind the couch and she would poop. And there were different theories that children think they're losing a part of themselves. It's scary, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I think she was hanging on to this bit of control because her life was so crazy hmm. during that time. I felt like she was pretty sheltered from it, but maybe she wasn't really. Yeah. So finally, when she pooped in the potty, that's when we got our cat Blueberry. Blueberry was a gift. You bribed her with a kitten to poop in the potty? Yes. Oh my God. No fucking sticker charts for y'all. You just went straight. For the- I can't believe you got our cat. Well, we wanted a cat anyway, you know, and like I wanted a cat and God bless him. I know he's crossed over. He crossed over the rainbow bridge a year ago, a year ago, this spring, but he was, he was a trooper, man. Blueberry, uh, the reward for pooping in the potty. Aww. So it doesn't sound like little man is doing, is exhibiting any of those traits, right? No, not really. I mean, because when we started the potty training process, I mean, for the first five, he did not poop in the potty for five days, but we didn't go full hog in that, um, got rid of the, the nap time and the nighttime diapers. So we, we felt like we could only handle so much. So we still put a, a diaper on him for nap time and nighttime. So he had, he would have to go so bad and he would be like, oh, poo-poo. And he would get like really um, agitated and run to the bathroom. And then, but then he just would not want to sit on the toilet and go. Now at that time we were using one of those little miniature potties on the fifth day. I mean, and I'm telling you, I don't know how many tears I shed because I was like, just fucking poop in the potty already, kid. Just fucking poop. You've got to go so bad. Please just go. I shed tears of joy when he finally pooped in the potty. We had a fucking ticker tape parade. It was amazing. At any rate, did I take a picture? No, I didn't take a picture. But um, when he finally did go, it was on the big potty. And we realized that we really needed to have had those inserts that sit on top of the big potty instead of the little potty. He peed just fine in the little potties, but he did not want to poop in there. After that, he really didn't have any issues pooping in the potty because we ordered those inserts. They came like in a day or two and he's been going in the big potty ever since without a hitch. And then, like I said, last week or the week before I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do that. It was around 4th of July because I had a three day weekend with him. I was like, I'm going to train him to go without a diaper at nap time and then we'll get started on nighttime. So, but the nighttime training I knew was going to be more tricky and it 
It's just bleh. So Babs had this little potty called the Royal Flush. And we were visiting. <laughs> I think you were around. I think you might have remembered it in my bathroom. You, you were out one of your visits. It would sing once you pooped. It sang this like royal like and like when you pooped or peed in the toilet potty, it sang. Well, it was kind of sort of malfunctioning because I got rid of that thing when like in the middle of the night it would like start singing and no one was pooping on it. And I don't know. Apparently, our apartment building was notoriously haunted. But it was like okay, bye bye potty. But I agree. So we pose a question to parents. We really want your feedback, and maybe we can help other parents with save you guys some money and some tears should you get a little potty of their own or should you put the insert on the toilet be careful with the singing one because they're a little creepy at times this is not the first story i have heard of this actually my favorite Seriously? podcast yes my favorite podcast in the world is chatty broads and one uh one time just on the chatty broads was telling us a story about how they thought their house was haunted and all this kind of stuff because they kept hearing this little kid voice singing and as it turned out it was that fucking potty that they got in their dog it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what i thought of as you're telling that story love you beck and jess if you're listening we would love for you to come on the podcast i will continue to stalk you until i make this happen love you okay so that's enough about me i could go on forever about this weird fucking week that i have had but you actually did something exciting and went to another state yes we escaped you know this was some of the positives of of rona have been two, two trips that we normally would not have really happened you know we, we escaped to Sedona. I had to keep that on the down low back in March. We did it quietly. We did it very safely, but I couldn't like post anything because I didn't want anyone chewing my head off, you know? But um, we went to Colorado this last week. We drove with some friends. We sort of glamped. It was soul recharging. I felt it at my core. It is gorgeous. We went to the Telluride area. Telluride, your way... Ridge, I think it's Ridgeway, Silvertown. Oh my God, Liam. Mm -hmm. It is just, um, I just realized I need to live in places like this part of the year. Mm -hmm. we, we had this experience one day where we had paddle boards. We went to the middle of this lake. There was a sandbar. So I'm in the middle of this lake. I'm standing in the middle and water's only up to like my knees. It's clear. It's freezing, of course, because like it was snow off the mountain, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm standing in the middle of this lake, surrounded by the most beautiful mountains. And I just wish I had my camera in the middle of there. That'd be like the money shot, you know, to be able to film from that perspective. But oh, I was dear. just like, oh, dear. You know, I don't know about using the words money shot. <laughs> oh, I've infiltrated your mind. I love it. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. I will get my mind out of the game. Yeah, getting back to my story. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I am standing in the middle of this lake and just looking at the magnificence. And, you know, I, I'm really into laws of attraction. And I'm like, thank you, universe. More of this, please. Thank you, universe. More of this, please. It was just gorgeous. And we went on a, an incredible hike up to a waterfall, the most beautiful hike in my life. And it's funny because, you know, that altitude, we're so high. But, like, you start off on the hike and you're like, oh, my God, I can't breathe. I'm out of shape. And you would just to it but telluride is magical mm -hmm. and you know people were social distance a lot of the bars and restaurants had some outdoor seating there weren't a lot of people there so we we're able to like social distance but also what i've learned 
with the altitude so high, like one beer will do you in. You're a cheap date. And we would be cheap dates. Um, you have one beer and you're like, hey, yeah. I don't remember that. I've been to all, the, everything that you're describing. I've been to Colorado in that exact area. And we spent some time in Telluride. And I remember stopping and eating at a restaurant and having some beers. And I do not remember being like, woo. So apparently I have a higher tolerance. Oh, honey, please. I was with people <laughs> that don't have high tolerances. That have high tolerances. And they were, anyway, maybe you weren't drinking the right stuff. But we went to Uruguay, which is like known as the Switzerland of the United States. Because it's like the little village looking at your town nestled between the mountains. And we ate on this restaurant up top and just sitting there and looking at the view. I don't know. I just kept breathing it all in. It was great. And we were going to go to the hot springs, this place outside of your way, but we found out it was partial nudity. It was allowed or it was part, you know, people could be nude. And I'm like, it's not really where I want to take baths. Honestly, now me, I'm all down, man. You know me, I'd be like all over that. Let's go. (laughs) But, um, we didn't get through the hot springs, but you know, it was interesting traveling with a teenager. We had two at some points, um, little grouchy here, there, um, a lot of bickering. I don't know. At some point I was like, I want to like run off the mountain, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but not really. No one report me, please. I'm just kidding. Um, but was fascinating. We drove back by ourselves. We had a 12 hour drive. Well, oh it's real God. in reality. Like, 14 because in Flagstaff we had to get out and this whole banter going on the most is she wants to drive here's the thing her friend none of her friends have their license she'll be turning 17 in September first of all in LA I don't believe you should drive when you're 16 I don't think I should be driving in LA (laughs) (laughs) but To me, there's no rush. We are set up in a system in a city where she doesn't need to drive. If she ever goes back to school, let's pray she does. You know, there's a bus, there's charters. Her school is far. Anyway, I've tried to prolong this. But the main thing, let's get down to it. To put her on my insurance, it's going to be like another car payment. Mm -hmm. My insurance agent at me and said, you don't even want me to tell you the price today. Let's talk about this later. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. So she doesn't understand. She's pressing me. And I get it. It's a rite of passage. I want her to learn. But she's like, I want to be able to practice. And I'm like, Babs, you don't get it. If you drive my car, you have to be insured. Like, in my car. So we've done, like, some parking lot, back street. She's been driving. So anyway, she's kind of like, well, hey, on the way back, since, you know, there's a lot of funky roads, you know, do you think I could drive? And I'm like, no. I wish you could. But no. So I'm like, listen, I promise you when it's on my list, I'm going to call my insurance company, get the total, find out what's up. I don't know. To me, it's just not a necessity right now. None mm-hmm. of her friends have license, okay? And I am working to earn a car through the business that I do, that you're aware of. But, um, and the plan is for her to have this car. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet today. So anyway, we decided... And continuing with our Black Lives Matter education, we listened to White Fragility on the way back. You guys, White Fragility. Okay, we hammered through about eight chapters on the way back. Oh, it's by Robin D'Angelo. White Fragility, Robin D'Angelo. Now, narrated by Amy Landon. Amy Landon, I love you, and I know that you like did <laughs> But your voice is very robotic. 
And in the beginning, a note, Babs almost said, I can't listen to this. And I said, listen, I hear you. Can you just hang in there? I know you want to hear this message. Can you just hang in there? It was tough. You get used to it, but it almost sounds like it is a robot recording, but it's apparently not. Amy Landon is, I guess, not a robot. But anyway, um, yes, it is. And Amy Landon, if you wanted to come on our show and defend yourself, you are so welcome. I love you. Um, so Robin D'Angelo wrote White Fragility and why it's unique. It's written by a white person for white people and basically telling us that we're, we are racist or the system that we were raised in. Oh man, Leanne, just hearing some of this stuff, it was just like what I heard growing up. It's like what I'm used to saying. Mm-hmm. We don't believe that there's a problem or we, or we believe that the problem has gotten better or we're not a part of it. But it's like, for instance, when, when confronted that you're racist, some people were confronted that like, oh, you're racist. And it's like, no, I have black friends or, you know, I support this cause or I'm liberal. And, and I've repeated that narrative so many times and mm-hmm. just how we have not done our part being white. Okay, so basically being white privilege, we can never ex- really experience racism we can experience discrimination, but they were saying that black people don't have the social clout to make a change. Mm-hmm. Like you may be a white person in a, in a setting and you may feel, you may be made fun of or made different because you're white, but black people don't have the power, the social clout to do something about it like white people do. So in turn, you can be experience some discrimination, but not racism. It was just this is just the tip of the iceberg. We could do like several podcasts on this book, but I know that Babs really was appreciating that I'm educating myself on this. And listen, I feel like I'm a different person from when we started this podcast a few weeks ago from all the black lives matter, Mm -hmm. the education that I am experiencing and realizing that I had a lot to learn. I, it's hard to admit, like a part of me was like wrong. I have a lot to learn about my part in this way I think the way things really are mm-hmm. uh, it was great like Babs was seeing was experiencing this uh, with me and I do want to finish the book but um, so that was a cool experience coming home so you know I have to pause first and I I was not doing this book justice I love to talk about it at another another podcast I you know I was driving I couldn't take notes but um, let's definitely get back to that another time moving on we get back here. And we're house-sitting for some friends uh, that live really close to us. They have a pool. And Babs and her friend, who we have been quarantined, she has a few quarantine friends that she's able to spend some time with. We have to do the best we can. She needs some interaction. So before we left, you know, she had some bikinis arrive. And I saw them online. They seemed cute. They were a great price. It took forever to get here, but it was like a really good price, uh, the this, this store. I don't know, this, that's the catch. They probably come from like China or something, you know, and then like it takes forever. But her and her friend are putting on their makeup and they're getting ready because they were going to do like a photo shoot by the pool or something. So I'm sitting on the back deck and I'm getting some work done. They're by the pool. And then I see her stand up and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Or like, what the fuck is missing? Where's the rest of her bottoms? This girl, apparently I was informed. <laughs> that I was informed this wasn't a G-string, but it was like a little more material than a G-string. It was like the next step up from a G-string. 
And she informs me that all swimsuits are like are like this, and that her butt is big, and that um, any sw- it's gonna fall out of any swimsuit anyway. But I'm just looking at her, and I'm like, why is that necessary? Oh my god, she looks like she's in her twenties. Her ass is hanging out, and this, of course, did not go over well from Babs. According to Babs, I'm sexualizing her. You know, she is proud of her body. And she should be able to wear what she wants to wear. I make her feel bad about her body. And I'm like, oh my God, stop. Can we pause? Like, I I don't want to do any of that. You're beautiful. You're amazing. But sweetheart, you're 16. Do you need to have your ass hanging out? Because here was the big question. Here was the big debate in the fight. They were taking pictures. They were going to go on Instagram. And I went up to her and I said, look, I do not want your ass on Instagram take tasteful pictures. And she was kind of like, you know how she does? Like, oh, you never exactly told me I couldn't protest at the at the police station. So I have to be very specific with her, right? And I'm like, look at me. And she's like, okay, I'm going to put tasteful pictures. I said, no, look at me. No ass pictures on Instagram. And we're just kind of bantering. I took the bait and she's just like, and bottom line, I'm like, you're not 18. I'm trying to protect you. Here's my mind. I know I can't protect her from this, but all these, like, you know, of course, it's going to be seen and these teen boys or older men are going to be looking at her ass. Oh, God. Anyway, I feel like such a prude. I feel like such a dad. I feel like my dad. What is going on? I'm this liberal gay dad. What the fuck? Wait. It's okay as long as it doesn't apply to my daughter. Where's this dad? These dad jeans have like kicked in. Am I going to start dressing differently? You know how those those commercials when they become your parent? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Commercials. <laughs> I already feel like sometimes when I work in the yard, I dress like my dad. And my dad... <laughs> Which I love him. Nothing's wrong with that. You know, I don't know. I just feel like I'm becoming dad. Oh my God. So anyway... She posts pictures and there's nothing really I can do about it. She didn't show her ass, but I'm like, she doesn't look 16. And it was cute because uh, my mother saw them and made a sweet comment. Uh, Babs told me that my mom made a sweet comment like, oh, you look so pretty, but I'm not going to show your grandpa. (laughs) I'm like, exactly. (laughs) So is this a rite of passage? Um, And, you know, this opens up a whole new debate. Like, what is my responsibility? I don't want to be this, oh, anytime I make comments about her showing too much skin or about what she's wearing, it's thrown back at me that I'm sexualizing her because, you know, this is her body and she is empowered. She can wear what makes her feel good. You know, I agree with that. But where do you draw the line, especially being 16? I was really educated on something this summer. When she wanted to walk around our neighborhood, she put on baggy jeans. And we live in a nice neighborhood. You know, there's a little here or there, a little sketch. is everywhere in LA. But she put on some really baggy jeans. Remember Jinkos that we used to wear that were really expensive? Like she found Kids are getting them now? Oh, dude. She found these at a thrift store. And we used to pay back in the 90s, like 90 bucks for these pair of jeans. I would always borrow my roommates. I never bought my own. But she has those. Look, look cool. And she put her bikini top on. And she's walking around the neighborhood. And I was like, why is that necessary? Do you, I don't understand. No, that's not appropriate. In my mind, this is just where I was coming from. Like, 
it makes her more susceptible to like violence or rape or assault. And I called her and she called me out and she's like, look, I get your concern, but if there's going to be sexual assault, violence, rape, it doesn't matter what she's going to wear. Now she may get catcalled. She may get attention she doesn't want. But dude, I grew up in a conservative way. This is all just like, I don't know how to handle this, you know? So I had to tell her that, no, I think you're beautiful. I want you to be proud of yourself. But like my friend said, she wasn't walking around in a full bikini. You know, she had baggy jeans on. It was cute. Also, I got to remember, this isn't 1995. Mm -hmm. And when we were in high school, girls dressed differently. You know, now this is just the style. It's not just babs. It's, and I got to be open to that. Look, to all you people listening, I am just, I love my daughter. I want her to be proud of her body. I want her to feel confident. I just want to still protect her. She's 16. I don't know where the line is. There's never going to, it's just going to be blurry regardless, I think. So Leanne, you're a woman. Can you give me some feedback here? I need, I, I just kind of drowning. Like where the line is or whatever? Yeah, where's the line? Do you I see don't... <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, because I grew up in a conservative environment, just like you did, Kurt. Uh, at least to a certain extent, my mom was all about, you know, being modest and dressing professionally. And I remember her and I going round and round about certain outfits and things. But I, I, you know, I don't know what to say because I think I probably share a lot of the same reactions and feelings that you did because of my upbringing. And I don't know, I don't know. This is when I get down on my knees and thank my lucky stars that I had a son. I prayed for a son. I didn't want to (laughs) do any of this. I remember, Kurt, I remember getting into this huge fight with my mom. I don't know if you remember body suits in high school. Yeah. So they were form fitting and they had snaps at the bottom to keep them like tucked in and formed up against up against you. Well, I had a few bodysuits and I had this red bra and I wore it under this bodysuit that was like a cream color with green flowers on it. It sounds disgusting, but it was actually really cute. And my um, mom saw like a little bit of the strap hanging out one time and we got into this huge fight about me wearing this red bra under a cream colored shirt and you need to be aware of this stuff and blah blah blah. You know, so those are the kind of conversations I was having with my mom. <laughs> During high school, there was this one dress I wanted so bad and she would not let me have it because she said (laughs) that it was like fit me in such a way that it drew attention to my lady parts. And um, she wouldn't let me have it. And I was devastated because I love that fucking dress to this day. I wish I still had that dress. Um, So I'm not a good person to ask. It's something that makes me uncomfortable too, you know, and we have dress codes at school. As I've mentioned before, I'm an educator and I was like for a long time, the only person enforcing the dress code because I thought that's what you were supposed to do since you work there and they tell you to enforce it. And after a while, I finally realized like nobody gives a shit. Um, So why am I, why am I beating my head up against the wall about enforcing the dress code? So I just don't bother anymore. Uh, I just side note, her school has no dress code. LAUSD has an address code. I mean, at so, this point, there you go. yeah, at yeah. this point, I don't know. I don't know if any school should have a dress code or not, but I definitely, you know, whenever I'm dealing with teenage girls in my line of work and I'm like trying to enforce a dress code or at least used to try, I was just like, we're not at the fucking lake. We're at school. Like we're at school <laughs> and this is your job. You wouldn't show up to your job dressed like this. 
obviously I have a lot of unlearning to do too, because I would have been nervous. Here's the other thing too, Kurt. I listen to way too many true crime podcasts. You want to get her scared about what could happen to her? I will send you a few of them. There was this one. It's like classic, classic where the mom, the daughter wanted to go with some older friends from high school to like, I think Myrtle beach for the, for spring break or something. And mom was like, absolutely not. You're 16 years old. No way you're going to go. So they compromised and she said she was going to go spend a few days with her friend that lived in the town where they live. She didn't. She fucking lied to her mom. She went with those kids to Myrtle Beach and guess what? She got fucking taken and she was involved in some kind of human trafficking thing. Her parents have still not found her. And I feel like every teenage girl needs to listen to this shit and understand why we are so goddamn scared. No, no, no. I agree. Um, I, that That's the thing. It's like, okay, I may be like, not the cool dad right now but it's like i know i think she's really gonna look back and appreciate that leanne as i mentioned in our nice neighborhood there was a hit and run last week there was an older guy that was hit at six o'clock at night oh my god off my lady who lives in my building had to call 911 the guy was barely talking or moving he was just broken and that's why i had to tell babs when you're walking around be careful you know be careful this scares the hell out of me. Right. So maybe I don't know. Maybe- Listen, here. Okay, look. I have a friend. I think she deals with exactly this topic because I've seen her post. She's a therapist and I've seen her post like groups for young, for teenage girls and that sort of thing. So I'll reach out to her. And if, if she's not in the wheelhouse of this topic, we can find somebody else. So listeners, if you know of anybody or if you are a therapist that deals in these topics that can help us unpack this because we obviously have zero fucking clue what we're doing or where the line yes. is or any of that kind of stuff. Um, we well, especially Kurt, I don't have a teenage daughter. Thank you, Jesus. But Kurt needs all the help he can get. So uh, <laughs> if you want to talk to us about this topic and school is on it, we are, we will be all ears. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what are they, what's our email again? I forget. Teenager toddler, 2020 at gmail.com. Teenager toddler, 2020 at gmail.com. Just email us. And tell us that you can help us with our ignorance. Okay. So yeah. then after the booty popping out of the uh, oh bikini incident, yeah. what happened next? So then on Monday, we got the announcement from LAUSD that school would be starting on the 18th, but students would not be going back to school. They are going to continue distance learning. I mean, we were just kind of fighting the inevitable. We were still holding out hope. Um, Babs is not a senior. She's got a lot of friends that are seniors. She is a junior, though. She has enjoyed being home somewhat because her school was such a far distance. But she was supposed to be a TA this year for her ASL class. She was going to be a TA. She was going to continue that. She was looking forward to her productions, her choir stuff just normal teenage life. And I went down a rabbit hole. I was on a Zoom meeting, a spirit meeting with some ladies, and they informed me that it was for the whole year. I went down a rabbit hole. And I'm like, oh my God, her whole junior year is gone. Then she's a senior and that's going to fly by. I'm like, life as we know it has been robbed. Life is different. Then I did my, went back to read the article. Nowhere did it say it was for a year. It said the fall. And it said if the situation can dramatically prove, they will consider bringing students back. So here's my theory. We have a month. Sunday is a month till school starts, okay? I'm hoping maybe late fall, 
we can get, you know, God willing that people are healthy and we are seeing a turnaround in this, but I don't know. You know, and I'm going to talk about me about this for a second, not even that what Babs is missing out on, but as a parent, you're like, wait, I've got two more years with her at home. And this just goes to show you, we're not in control. We can't have expectations. I mean, we're not in control. I thought, okay, her last two years, I'm going to be working on her plays with her, volunteering. I get to help her have all these different experiences. And I feel robbed as a parent. I miss the other parents I volunteer with. I miss driving to her school, going to performances, being so proud. I miss picking up her and her friends and doing, helping them to like have experiences. So even like on my end, it's like, oh my God, are we ever going to get back to some kind of normal? Also, I work from home and I This is where I thought you were actually going. Like you were saying all these wonderful things. And I was like, uh, I would just yeah. be worried about the fact that she's still home. I, I work from home. So LAUSD did say it's going to be different. They're going to take attendance. They are going to count grades. It's going to be more Zoom. So we're not going to be rolling out of bed, jumping on a Zoom. We're going to have a, somewhat of a normal schedule get up, have breakfast, go to her desk. We have two desks. There's one in the living room, or there's one in her room. We're going to figure it out. Uh, we're going to have to be on some other kind of schedule. We can't like Lucy, this be Lucy goosey. You know what though? We're healthy. There's food in the fridge. Now I start to go down a rabbit hole. If I think, what if there's a big decline of our society? And what if this is like, what's supposed to wipe us all out? It's like, Kurt, stop. Pull yourself out of the goddamn rabbit hole. Everything is okay. It's just kind of scary. The powers that be, we can't trust those powers. And uh, the person running the ship is doesn't have our best interest. And that's all I'm going to say about that right now. So anyway, here's where we are. So I want to make the most of this next month with Babs. Summer-wise, I'm grateful we had this Colorado trip. Help her get prepared to have a normal as possible school year and just support her. And for the first time in our lives, our parents' lives, our grandparents' lives, maybe our grandparents experienced like the Great Depression and World War II, but we really haven't been inconvenienced, have we? I mean, right. you know what I mean? I mean, have we really been inconvenienced? Have we really- whenever the economy tanked with the housing crash and all that kind of stuff in 2008, because I was just finishing grad school. So that, that aspect of our history really did. I mean- economically but think about it this is economically this is social yeah this is school i mean this is just everything Mm -hmm. so that's where i am today that was our week hey our last two weeks hey oh so you being an educator la usd is not coming back you know the saying as goes california goes the rest of the nation We, we were the first to shut down new york followed what's brewing over there? What do you think is going to happen? Because you guys, I'm going to say, you guys have record numbers. You guys are in a hotbed of this shit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? What do you know? Well, so remember that I'm in the little liberal oasis of Texas here in Austin, the one little blue dot in the Red Sea. Um, but we're taking over. We're taking over other parts of Texas, whether people like it or not. You want to know yeah. why? Because the Californians are moving in. Um, so yeah, being an educator back in like, I think June, they sent out this survey asking us what our plans were, how we were feeling, if we feel healthy to come back, would we need childcare services? They were asking us questions like that. Well, at that time, things were a lot better and things had opened back up, but it was before 
we saw the uptick of cases and whatnot over here in Texas. So I answered all those questions and my answers were, you know, yeah, I'll come back to school. That's totally fine. You know, my husband was already back at work. My kid was already back in daycare. Yes, I can do. I'm healthy. I'm young. I can do this or young-ish. I saw yeah. that face. Shut up. I'm young. No, so. <laughs> no judgment. You No, girl, we're the same age. Anyhow, I was like, okay, we're doing this. And then as the increase in numbers started coming around and all these articles were surfacing and everything, I guess it was last like two weekends ago, I read a few things and I legitimately, for the first time in a while, got really fucking scared as a teacher. I was like, we're all going to fucking get sick, aren't we? I watched the um, the video that the head of the board of American Pediatrics put out And they were asking her all these questions and she was just kind of like, at the end, she wrapped up by saying like, I think teachers are up for the challenge. And I just wanted to give her the double finger because I was like, I don't really know why it falls on the teachers to be up for this challenge. It kind of started to sink in how blasé the recommendations for us all to go back to school (laughs) really were. Like, I was like, I don't know that I feel good about the research that y'all have put into this. At any rate, my whole point being my my emotions started to kind of take a turn where I started to genuinely get scared. And then here recently, like within what, the last two, three days, um, I saw the notice from our superintendent, we're going to start completely online for three weeks kind of thing. I don't know. So we're not going back onto campus for the first three weeks. I don't know if they're going to let us. So far, the school is still closed, but I'm really hoping they let the educators get back on campus because there is so much shit to be done to be ready for the kids to actually return to the building when they do return. And I'm kind of overwhelmed at the thought of getting it all figured out. Let me ask you a question. As an educator, mm-hmm. say that like LA was considering this hybrid system for a while of like, like Babs would theoretically be home a few days a week in the classroom a few days a week to minimize the students to be able to social distance. I would just assume for the educators, that would be hell keeping up with that. You guys aren't paid for that. And I know in LA, the union is really stepping in here and they stepped in when, you know, we went online suddenly back in March because the teachers have to be protected. And uh, like you said, it all falls on the teachers. Oh man, my heart goes out. We're all used to that anyways, I suppose. Not that we should be, but. Oh man. I was so with that. I mean, one of the things that was also making me nervous, like people were throwing out all these questions that I hadn't necessarily thought about. Someone posted the letter that they sent to TEA and it was like, okay, so if a teacher, if a teacher tests positive for COVID, does that mean we quarantine every single one of her students and any other teachers that she's come into contact or not even contact with, but has been around like, or do we shut down the entire school? Or do you just remove the teacher and put in a substitute? And then a substitute who's been at, let's say, five different schools in the past six weeks, they get a positive test. Do you quarantine all of those students? You know, like the logistics, too, of trying to do like a two days a week for these kids, two days a week for this kid. I mean, it's it would be a little bit more doable on the elementary level, but on the secondary level, a logistical night mirror. And then the whole thing about everybody's temperature is going to be checked before you come in. And supposedly they think these kids are going to be, huh? How long they have the time, they have to allow time for that. Exactly. Which means 
less instructional time. Uh, and, you know, students or kids are great, but they're not going to wear their masks and be responsible like they're supposed to be because their brains are not fully formed. And so they're going to be silly about it. And we would have been too whenever we were kids. So I don't know. The whole thing is just crazy. I'll be honestly surprised if we go back after three weeks. There's it, it is it would be a liability nightmare if teachers yeah. started dying or students started dying. The amount of lawsuits that would probably come out of it would just be, you know, a litigious nightmare. I can't even imagine. And I was thinking, too, when you said three weeks, I'm like, that's cute. Let's just be honest. Why don't they just say, look, for the first two right now, the first two months of school are going to be online. That gives us time to reassess, prepare. I mean, I, again, we have nothing to base. No one's experienced this before. And then I just think of the economic implications in so many levels. Mm-hmm. So the, all of that scares me too, though. I mean, like, that was the other thing about me whenever I originally filled out that survey they sent out to us. I was like, you know, okay, yeah, let's go back and let's get our economy back on track. Like, I understand that that's important too, because we're seeing all of these this horrible fallout, you know, in terms of um, food scarcity and that sort of thing. And that makes me super nervous for our 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 world in general at large as well. So it's like, at what point do we, do we say, okay, we're just going to have to accept the risk that we're going to get sick in order for us to try and get the world up and running again. Like I understand the other side of this coin. On the other, I guess on a positive note, okay. I might have seen this. <laughs> yes. Positivity, please. All right. I know for both of us, I'm like, I, I just got to bring something in here. Like for the first time, a, a um, vaccine is going into the third round of testing. Um, it is showing promise. It's the first one. And this company did say that if it's approved, they have the capability to get it into like 500 million hands at first or something. I, and that's a whole other topic in itself to vaccine or not to vaccine. And Oh God, I, no. I, I really think that until there's some kind of therapy at treating this or some kind of vaccine, I mean, I don't know where we are. But okay, also on the other studies, it's like, I feel very special because California, we knew this way back in March, duh. But everyone else is catching on now. Yeah, you got to wear a mask. And the studies show that the mask doesn't just protect the other person. Guess what? It protects you too. And we even have our vice president wearing it sometimes. And the president wore it like once. But, um, you know... If they, a study showed, this was a reliable source, that if everyone fucking wore a mask, put a mask on, in six weeks, we could really make a big difference in this. Okay, everyone listening, when you're listening during this time of what's going on, just wear a mask. I know it's not comfortable. I've got a beard. It gets kind of itchy, but you get used to it. Now, I'm going to say this. You don't have to be jogging by yourself and wear a mask. I kind of want to do a public service announcement to do to demonstrate how the proper uses of masks. Leanne, I love it when I see people in their cars by themselves that have masks or people like jogging. And they say that can actually do more harm than good. It's like, guys, this isn't like bio warfare. This has like been released like in the in the environment. You know, each their own. But this morning going out to my car, there's a lady jogging with her mask on. And I'm like, honey. You don't have to have... Now, it's made if we're going to be around people, if we're going to be six feet apart, or or we can't be, like in the markets. 
Oh, Leanne, I'm so glad we have solved world peace so we know all the answers. Just listen to our podcast, people. This will go away. I haven't seen, I mean, I haven't dealt with people not wanting to wear their masks, even with me being in Texas. But again, I'm in the little blue dot. Uh, I haven't so. either. I'm in a bubble. I'm in a blue fucking bubble and I love it. But, <laughs> um, and you're in the blue dot. But I don't know about parts of the country that, you know, I, if people still are refusing. I don't know. I don't know either. <sighs> I don't <laughs> There's a part of me that tries to, um, you know, avoid a certain amount of news about this because I tend to get a little bit stressed. I'm just going to ask you, you heard, you know about the whole Goya bean thing, right? Goya? No. What is this? I don't want to get into it right now. Just look up <laughs> Goya beans and the president. Just look it up. You know, I saw something because I follow uh, The Daily Show and Trevor Noah on Instagram. (laughs) God, I love Trevor Noah. I love love you. I love you. If my husband dies, I'm going to come find you. Um, uh, Isn't he gay or no? No, I don't think so. No, I just just want everybody to be gay. (laughs) No, uh, Listen, I would not blame you if you wanted him to be gay. That man is so hot and he's so funny. He's so charming. I love you, Trevor, in case I didn't make that clear. At any rate. I was listening to him and some, they were making a joke about Goya beans and the president in a bathtub full of Goya beans. Uh, so I need to go. And I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. So I need to go look it up. But yeah, it's, it's really, it's uh, no bueno. It okay. started, I guess, a week or two ago by the Goya bean like CEO. And then also Google Anderson Cooper and Goya like from yesterday. It's about a 10 minute like editorial on his show. Our president in the middle of a pandemic, worst pandemic ever, our economy is falling apart, our health, it's crazy. He's posing on his desk with Goya bean products with thumbs up. I'm dumbfounded. My mouth is on the floor. I've just lost my mouth. Interesting. Yeah, I've lost my mouth. But <laughs> am I surprised? <laughs> I've lost my mouth. But am I surprised? I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? No, but we're still fascinated. Yes. He never he never ceases to somehow bring us to new levels of WTF. I don't know. He's he's special. He's special. Yes. But anyway. Um, okay, Leanne. Yes. I've enjoyed catching up with you. We've enjoyed catching up with everyone. We're so thankful if you hung in there. And if you have suggestions, feedback, what have you then email us at teenagertoddler2020 at gmail.com. We're going to keep working on getting everything right, guys. I promise we're not giving up. Yes. And um, we've just solved world peace. We just solved world, world peace. And I love you. I love you too. Bye.